0: As an educator, you want what's best for your students. You want them to succeed academically and emotionally. But how do you do it? For some reason in education, we get real pushback when we try to think differently. we to
1: make everything work. And we have to understand there's gonna to have to be some sacrifice. So we adjust time based on student learning. Yeah, when you have that all day long in your schedule,
0: you know, you're gonna be excited to get up in the morning. From creative instructional practices to school models and ideas big and small, Reimagining Time is a podcast that will tell the stories of real educators like you and how they've used their imagination to transform their schools and enrich students' lives.
1: We realized that our staff and our students didn't want to be at our school. We were on the brink of shutting down. I share the story all the time and so we worked really really hard to change the culture of our building.
0: That was Charles Williams, principal of a K through 8 school in Chicago. Charles is also an education consultant and host of his own education podcast. While his school at one time may have been on the brink of shutting down, things are certainly different now. When asked what makes his school special, here is what he had to say.
1: When you walk into our school, in fact I just had a consultant in my building today and the very first thing she told me, she said, "It's clear that your students are loved, that your staff loves your students, and there's just an an air of positivity within my building." And you know, it's it's one of those things that you can't really measure, right? It's you don't get data from that, you don't like, you can't mark it on a, an assessment somewhere, um, but it just it, it's there. And we weren't always in this place. This is something that we have curated over the last six years. And that is what it is now, we, 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 we operate out of a place of love and because of that we are seeing some tremendous things happening.
0: People can sense whether or not you genuinely care about them. At Charles School, love for students is the motive for giving them the best experience they can have and making sure that they're supported. Of course, the pandemic has added so much stress and weight to educators and to the students that they teach. Why do students specifically need additional supports this year?
1: We're still in the midst of a pandemic. You know, we're just simply now in back in school during a pandemic. Many of my students have had many losses during the pandemic. Um, it was not uncommon for me to receive phone calls about an aunt, an uncle, a, a parent, you know, a grandparent who, who passed away. Some students who had multiple individuals, you know, passing away. Um... So there, there, there was a lot of loss, not to mention the the economic s- suffering. Right, I, I had parents who lost their livelihoods, who who became homeless during this time, and so there there was a myriad of issues that came out of this. You know, struggles that were amplified because of the pandemic.
0: Loss and stress have been felt by many during the pandemic, but sometimes schools may be quick to jump at academic supports for students catching them up, so to speak. And while offering academic support is crucial, as we'll get to, that's not the first thing Charles thinks of when he hears the word supports. And it ties right back to that love for students.
1: You know, the very first thing when I hear supports, it's how do we wrap around our families? So one of the things I tell my families when they enroll in my building is that you're we're not enrolling a student, we're enrolling a family. So if that family is struggling, if that family has needs, let us know.
0: And this is more than just words. The school has partnered with organizations in the community to provide support. They put supporting the real physical and emotional needs of a student first.
1: The very first thing are the supports of, you know, those, those traumatic experiences. How do I make sure that you have basic things, that you have a roof over your head, you know, that you have food in your stomach, right? That you have warm clothes, right? We, we need to make sure of that.
0: And really, without these things, how could it be expected that a student would be ready to learn? But again, having students with high marks isn't the goal. This doesn't mean, of course, that academics don't matter. Educators care about students learning and growing.
1: Right. And, and so now that we're back in school, we, we're continuing to do those things. But of course, we're also seeing the academic struggles.
0: While continuing to offer support to take care of physical and emotional needs, it's evident that students are having their share of academic struggle. Where students are at academically this year has been a pretty hot topic, but Charles has a slightly different thought about the widely used term learning loss.
1: In reality, learning was paused, and yet we moved forward. I know there are some schools and some places out there that made it through a lot easier, right? They had the resources and things like that. I know what my students had and what they didn't have. So right now we are really trying to focus on how do we balance that? How do we make sure that they are getting grade level skills while also saying, okay, we understand that you didn't get to these other skills. So how do we go back and fill in those gaps that now exist within your learning, you know, and, and finding that balance. And so that has been a struggle, but, I think we have figured something out for this year.
0: That's a tough balance for anyone to attain in any kind of venture. Stretching ahead while giving students the support they need to get there, things they maybe didn't even learn in the previous year or so. So how are they doing this? Well, they actually made changes to their master schedule before the start of this school year.
1: So we've modified our schedule. Um, You know, we, we... are really focusing on the MTSS approach.
0: What is MTSS? There's a good chance that you've heard of it, or the related RTI approach. MTSS is similar to RTI, or response to intervention, but it's broader. It stands for multiple tiered systems of support. It's not just about intervening when a student doesn't understand. It's about continuously providing support for what a student needs, be it academic, social, emotional, behavioral, and more. So what change did they make in their schedule to support this kind of framework?
1: One of the things that we've done this year is we've carved out an entire period, a dedicated period every day, Monday through Friday, which is an intervention enrichment period.
0: Some schools might call this a flex period, win time, or they might give this period a unique name to their school. Basically, the intent is the same. Create time during the school day for students to get what they need. So now you could be thinking, This seems like a lot of extra work. Why not just pull kids out of class if they need extra help? Well, that is a common approach. Here's another way to look at it.
1: So instead of saying, okay, well, I need to pull you out of your core content class. And then we wonder, well, why are you falling behind? Well, I don't know, because you're pulling me out of my core content class to fill in these gaps. But when you do that, then I'm missing out on grade level, right? So I'm never going to get caught up.
0: Imagine that you're trying to hike up a mountain, but along the way, other hikers stop you and you have to go back to base camp. You're never going to reach the summit and will end up frustrated and feeling like giving up. Pulling students out of a core class to give them extra help can create a similar situation where a student is always going to feel behind. And even when the plan is to only pull a student out of class for a few minutes, how often is that actually the case? So what's another option?
1: Or on the other side, penalizing students, right? And saying, okay, well, you can't go to, you know, gym because I need you to master your multiplication facts. Well, that's not an incentive, right? And we're going to just have students who shut down because, well, now my peers are having a great time, but I'm I'm the slow kid or the low kid and I, I have to miss out on gym.
0: You can see that both of these approaches could single students out create labels based on performance, or even add to a student's academic struggles, which is contrary to the goal. So at Charles School, how did their intervention enrichment period offer a different approach from these two examples?
1: We dedicated a period. We revised our schedule. We said there's going to be this block of time, um, as long as a class period. At the end of the day, this is going to be our intervention enrichment time. And that is exactly what that time is for. It is all hands on deck. It is like, nobody has a prep that period. Um, You know, counselor, social worker, case manager, special ed teacher, principal, dean, it is all hands on deck to say, how can we support our students? If I need to do small groups, if I need to, you know, help do an enrichment period with, you know, this group over here, it is just an all hands on deck to make sure that our students are getting the supports they need.
0: This ties right back to what sets their school apart. It's not just about teaching students and moving on. It's about making sure they get what they need. To Charles, doing something like this wasn't optional.
1: But that, I mean, that that we had to do that, right? I mean, if we, I think if we took any other approach, it would have, it would have failed. And I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be successful. Obviously, we're, we're not even a quarter in yet, but it's showing promising results that again that it's we're not pulling kids out of their core classes we're not interrupting that we're not punishing students because they're they're missing skills we are saying here's another period let's focus now on those gaps let's focus on those things that you need and you know i'm i'm very curious to see where this is going to go
0: with this schedule revision already showing promising results and a heartfelt dedication to what students need, it seems that success is on the way for students. But modifying a master schedule is a piece of cake, right?
1: Um, so it took a long time and many,
0: many, many drafts. No, it's definitely not easy. Rearranging a master schedule takes a tremendous amount of time and effort. So where's a good place to start? Figure out what's most important for your students.
1: You know, so it, it's important to us that we have double blocks for ELA and math. Like that was, that was a non-negotiable. Um, you know, obviously our students need their, uh, we, we call them enrichment or your specials periods, right? Because that also means that's a prep time for teachers. So we, we put in our non-negotiables, right? This intervention enrichment period was a non-negotiable and we just, we started playing with it.
0: For those of you listening who want to try creating a period for intervention and enrichment at your school, here's an example of the daily schedule at Charles School.
1: Our classes begin officially at eight o'clock. Uh, we have an SEL block at the beginning of the day. It's a 15 minute SEL block and our day doesn't end until three thirty. So our day is a little longer. I think than most schools, it's one of right, the aspects of a charter school, but yeah, I mean, we just, we played around with it and played around and played around and, but those were our non-negotiables, regardless of the draft. We said, well, this has to be. Um, until we found a a formula that fit.
0: When it comes to setting priorities, you may have heard of the example of filling a bucket with rocks and sand. If you fill the bucket with the sand first, the rocks won't fit. But start with the rocks, in this case those non-negotiables, then most of the sand will fit too. This doesn't necessarily mean that everything will fit. Yes, their school day is longer than most, but there had to be some sacrifices in order for students to get what they truly needed.
1: You know, and I think a lot of times as educational leaders, as we're creating that schedule, we, we really do. We're, we're trying to make everything work and we have to understand there's going to have to be some sacrifices. But on the other side of that, we also have to have our non-negotiables, right? If If you have a mission, if you have a vision, right? If you know your values and your goals, your purpose, does your schedule align with that? And so if you're saying, look, I guarantee that all of my students are going to be successful, I understand that my students had this pause in their learning, then what are you going to do to make sure that they are successful? What are you going to do to make sure that they're getting back to grade level, right? So your schedule has to mirror that. You can't, not to do those things and then say, well, how, how come they're not growing like I had hoped?
0: So far, they are seeing some positive results that are showing all of this hard work was worth it. This new schedule is something that they're still testing out, but already Charles talks of some of the benefits he's seen. For one, it shows students that their teachers and school leaders aren't all talk.
1: I think one of the things is that students are understanding that, you know, it, it, it's our goal, right? We, we tell them we love you. We tell them we want you to succeed. We tell them that we're going to support you. And words are great, but they're really nothing if they're not backed by actions. And so I, I think students are starting to see... Like, hey, like I have this entire period dedicated to getting me to where I need to be.
0: That shows students that they matter, and it also takes away some of the stigma discussed earlier. Having this entire period dedicated to what the student needs has helped students see that it's okay to be at varying levels of learning. And,
1: you know, to be honest, it's not like, oh, I have to sit with this teacher. If I need to pop over into this teacher's class to get assistance with this skill, um, whether it's cross content or even cross grade level. You know, there's there's a lot of flexibility in that to make sure students are getting what they need. And because that's so flexible, you know, there's no embarrassment. You know, I might have an eighth grader and a sixth grader in the same ELA classroom working on the same skills. And again, because we've built a community where we're valuing like right, the outcome
0: Nobody, nobody's batting an eye, right? Nobody's like, oh, I, I can't go in there, I, I'm embarrassed. This doesn't mean that students aren't getting grade-level instruction. As Charles pointed out, it's about finding a balance, having students receiving grade-level instruction, but offering support along the way, whatever that may look like. This is affecting how students are viewing their own school experience.
1: You know, and so I think that is one of the biggest things is that our students are now investing themselves In their educational journey, because they see what we're doing. We're providing them all of the resources. And I think, again, it comes down to what we said in the beginning. It all stems from we are going to do whatever it takes to make sure our students succeed, right? Because we are going to love and care and, and support them. And so we need to make sure that everything we do mirrors that and reflects that.
0: Imagine how important this is, especially because of the pandemic, when many students may have felt that trying was pointless. Now students are seeing that it's worth it. They want to learn. They want to gain skills. Our last question for Charles was about looking ahead. How would he like to reimagine education?
1: You know, I don't like that school is a transactional experience. You know, meaning the idea that I, I come to school, I do assignments, get a grade and, and that's essentially what education is and that is not what it should be right i, I should be going to school to, to to gain skills and and knowledge and and be able to apply that and create and right be be creators not just consumers
0: that transactional experience is what so many are used to charles shares how this impacted those he knew growing up that sort of transaction worked for him when he was in school, but it didn't and doesn't work for everyone. And it can result in one student being pit against another. He briefly shares his experience and how the fact that school worked for him didn't mean that his peers were any less capable of being successful.
1: I don't have that story where I was like, oh, I was the bad kid. I was always in trouble. I hated school. Like, I, I was the opposite. I was the the textbook child i was the epitome of what student, ki- teachers wanted in their classroom i loved school i did very very well in school but what i never understood is how come i had a lot of friends my own brother they they struggled and what i realized obviously much later was you know because the way teachers taught was catered to students like me And the only reason I was more successful, it's not because I was smarter. It's not because I was better or any of those things. It simply was because you were catering to me, right? And so in any situation, if this, if the environment is being catered to you, then yes, you are going to be better than everybody else because you are, it's catered to you, right? So there was no reason why my, my peers couldn't have been just as successful If only it would have been say, okay, hey, we're going to give you what you need. We're going to give you what you need. We're going to give you what you need. And then we would have all been successful. It didn't mean
0: like one of us had to not
1: be successful in order for the other one to be.
0: Instead of this kind of experience, Charles would like to see education as something where students are given skills that help them to create their own experiences, something he is already trying to do at his school.
1: That's where we're going to, right? We're curating these educational experiences For students, that never existed, right? To be able to explore, to be able to do all of these things. And when you do that, then you really start to see like, no, wait, all students can learn. All students can be successful.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Reimagining Time. This podcast is brought to you by Enriching Students, a tool that helps teachers give students what they really need, time. Our intro track, Rough Cut, is by the artist Tripwire, and we want to say thank you to all of the educators who shared their ideas and stories with us. Look for new episodes every two weeks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and more. Thank you for listening.